Middle of the Pack. Real discussions for the middle of the pack by the middle of the pack. We'll talk about training and racing, but we're here to deep dive into the life topics of the weekend warriors and obstacle course racing enthusiasts. Obstacle course racing isn't just a sport, it's a lifestyle. We are the middle of the pack. Hey, good morning, good evening, and hello. We are back here at the pack after taking a weekend off to kind of get a little R&R from races, some awesome traveling. Um, So hopefully all of our avid listeners remember who I am and what I sound like. If not, uh, that's rude. But if you are new, welcome. My name is Corey. And with me, as always, we have my fellow beard bro, Charles. Ah, here I am, the beard bro, Charles. And thankfully, she doesn't have a beard, but she's got some wicked awesome green hair. Always in the mix, Miss Maggie B. Maggie B. Okay, uh, let's finish that off. Maggie B. ATC, Megan Beck, the OCR trainer, however you want to put it. See, told you, always in the mix. Goddess in green, if you want to call me that, go ahead. And thankfully, we are a podcast and not an infomercial because if we were, we would have a da-da-da-da. But wait, there's more moment because with us today, we have a special guest with a Miss Miranda Kilpinski. Hey. So, who, uh, so right now, you're currently uh, traveling to Virginia, right? Yes. I'm headed to Virginia for the Spartan Super and Sprint. Okay, awesome. Uh, what, are you, what are you going to be running in? Uh, elite. Do we? Okay. Well, perfect. So that's kind of what our uh, topic of conversation is going to be diving into. So that's why we brought you on um, about what makes a elite pro racer level within the sport. So we're going to be kind of jumping in and talking about everything of what makes a person a pro. Cool. I'm ready. Oh, you want me to answer? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we, in order to start this episode, we need to kind of talk about what exactly elite and pro really means. I mean, I know we're going to be identifying that throughout the entire day, but personally for me, I don't think that elite and pro are the same thing. I don't either. At all. And I know now with Spartan having elite qualifications, yeah, you need to technically qualify to be in there, but they're handing those qualifications out like candy. Not every person that has an elite qualification code can be considered a pro athlete. Yeah, every pro is an elite. But guys, what do you think about the differences between elite and pro? I've always considered it technically within our sport. Sadly, the the term has to be used one and the same because it's depending on which company is which company is declaring their uh, their fields. But to actually use just to boil down the word pro, I feel like we're stuck at a very small field of people who can be pro because to me that definition of a pro is you do that for your living and that's all you do. Yeah, I agree. Is you you just obstacle race. But yeah, outside of that, with Spartan Race and their elite qualifications, I mean it's just elite such a wide field. Um while pro is such a defined field, I've always felt like pro should be the next field up, but dear God, we don't need another competitive field uh, right now in the, in the races. When I think about pro and elite and whatever else, I can't help but continue to think back to Savage Ohio when Lindsay was running and she was leading the pack, but got tripped up at that rig. She stayed and she fought until the podium was full. As soon as the pro podium was full, 
She saw no reason to continue on. She walked off, said I DNF'd, gave up her band. She didn't go on, collect her medal. For her, her purpose to be there was the paycheck. She is a professional athlete fighting for the money to make a living in this sport. And I think we need to start identifying pros as you are getting paid to do this. It might not be the end all be all to make a living, but you are on the path to make a living in this sport. You know, your earnings are paying for your gear. They're paying for your travel. They're paying for the races themselves, and they're probably paying for, you know, other means to live by. Yeah, and it's fair. It's a, uh, like, for people who are doing that, I feel like it's a very small field. And honestly, off the top of my head, the only I can only think of three people who do this as a full-time sport, but mainly I also don't know what they do outside if they're not posting on Instagram or whatever. But I only think of, it is Ryan and Lindsay and then VJ, but... Nicole did quit her job. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ryan Kempson, he's a local guy. He does it for a living. I think I'm cutting in and out. But yeah, VJ, Nicole, Miracle. There, there's, I, I don't know, off the top of my head, six to eight people I can think of, you know? And that's like, that's about it. So if we were to literally just go like, all right, we're only letting pros race this. That's a tiny field of people running, <laughs> running this sport. If we think about it, you're getting paid for it. it. You're a professional when you get paid. So it shouldn't matter if you are living off of it or if you are still getting paid. If you are making any kind of money, by definition, you are a professional. Yeah. If you, it like, I believe the actual term, like definition is if you're a trained athlete and like you are trained at those skills and you dedicate time to your training and you're dedicated, you're technically a professional athlete. And then if you're making money, you are too. I just still don't consider myself like, unless I'm making my living off of it, I don't consider myself like a pro, you know, I consider, I just feel like I'm a good elite, you know, I'm, I still am learning. There's still so much to learn with the sport. So Charles, you said that you separate, you're separating the, the pro from the elite term, correct? I can, Currently, right now, I consider it one and the same because of the just that's the way our sport works. Because it depends on like you have Savage Race, which they consider their pro division. You have Spartan Race, which they have their elite division. You have, I think, Bone Frog is competitive division, and then you have OCR World Champs, which is they call it the pro division. Um, it really depends on just um, whatever they're calling it. I can't even remember what Tough Mudder calls their world toughest mudder because they have contender, and then I think the next tier up is elite. I don't remember what they called it in the new tier. So then you think everybody with an elite qualification code is a pro? No, it's just... Because I can guarantee you that's not the case. If you're a qualified elite, it doesn't make you a pro. Earning money makes you the pro. Yeah, but we're using the term one and the same, like just across companies, like elite is going to be subbed in for the word pro or pro is going to be subbed in for the word elite, depending on where we're going which race we're talking about. It's all the same kind of right now in our sport. It's all the same status outside of professional status, money-making. Yeah. And I think we need to start changing that vernacular behind it all, because I mean, you can tell somebody is not a pro when you look at their Instagram and you look at their Strava and they say elite OCR racer. If you have to clarify that you are elite, you're probably not elite. So I wasn't a pro back in 2014 and 15. 
<laughs> Quick before this episode comes out. I mean... <laughs> It's funny because Nicole Miracle said that um, once, I think it was Paho or West Virginia or something, we were all just hanging out and talking about the different like influencers. And she said, you can tell really quick if somebody is elite or not, if they put elite in their Instagram. So we were like going through different um, influencers and she's like, I have no idea who this person is, but they're elite. Yeah. Apparently they're elite. Um, I have an elite qualification code. Doesn't mean I'm stepping into an elite heat anytime soon. I think quick Michael Doug. I'm just kidding. Mine, mine says like surf and OCR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different between like having OCR in your name and having like elite in your profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to like declare someone what is like if even outside of that with the qualifications, we have the elite qualifications and then the I think the only other sport that actually declares that you have to be a certain ranking of person is the world's and North American chance, stuff like that. Like that's the only place where you get to earn their technical qualification. Right. But you know, there it's most likely going to be pros standing on the Savage podium. So you can earn that pro status at a Savage race. I mean, you, you're not seeing people who don't keep their band standing on a pro podium at Savage. It's just not possible. But they're letting people without their band stand on an age group podium. So even if they don't have those qualifications, they still have standards to differentiate between age group and pro. And that's a whole uh, that's a whole bag of worms still. I mean, we went in, oh God, we went yeah. in on that on our on our first couple episodes about the Savage Race age group podium. Oh yeah, problem that they're not going to fix. But yeah, it kind of does start boiling down to, uh, do we want to jump right into how we ended up landing on this topic? Or do you are, you find... are the one who is so yeah. passionate about it. Yeah. So it's kind of this topic came around from seeing, for me, I came up with, I, I teased a couple uh, episodes back about an article I was trying to write about the pro card um, back in 2019. And it came about because there was, uh, shocker, there was pro racers running in the age group division in 2019 in North American champs. And it got me thinking of like, what are these people doing here? Um, they don't, they shouldn't be in the age group running. They should be running up there with the pros. Um, and when I brought that to the table for mud run guide at the time, some, one of the people who was in charge of like the mud run crew, um, Matt Willis was saying, well, she decided to run age group, so she knew she could get on the podium, so her sponsors could see that she got a podium. And that kind of defeats the whole thing about age group. Like, age group should be amateurs. If you're getting any kind of contract, you're, you're a pro. Yeah. Um, and I won't beat around the bush. So the athlete now does run in the elite division. Uh, she ran in the pro division for OCR World Champs uh, this year. But um, back in 2019, Amy Padgett ran 2019 North American Champs in the age group division. And why like this kind of this caught wind for me was because she took first place in the 3K and the 15K. And she had a six-minute lead on second place for the 3K, which I was like, eh, that can happen. Just one tough obstacle can set the whole wave back. Uh, but everyone else is about a minute to two minutes apart behind her. But on the 15K, she had a 
37 minute lead on second place. 37. And then third place was only a minute behind second. So it was one of the things I was like, this person definitely shouldn't be in the 15K. And then, so kind of where you're kind of stuck in that debacle with OCR World Champs is OCR World Champs at least has the rule that you can't run pro one day and then age group the next, or you can't run age group one day and pro the next for the 3K and the 15K. They at least make you lock in. But for the team race, she ran pro co-ed. So it just kind of, I was a little, that's where I started going down the rabbit hole of like, how do we get these people to not just jump in and out of age groups just so they can stand on a podium to take photos for their sponsors? And that's kind of where it all uh, started for me on this topic. So what sport did you look for specifically to try to find something in regards to like a pro card? At the time, I was bouncing it around with one of my uh, teammates from the 2019 race, and he had just run an Ironman. So he was familiar with the triathlon, the, like the triathlon pro card. And he was like, that's probably how it should go. And loose understanding at the time was if you stand on a podium, accept money, you are now for the rest of that season stuck in whatever the pro division, elite division, whatever they are, whatever the division is. And that was the loose understanding before I dove down into how much the, uh, the qualifications require. In my head, that was kind of an interesting way that the sport of OCR could really approach it. Cause we do have a lot of people that we do see on Instagram time to time of they tend to run age groups and then they find a Spartan sprint in Idaho. I'm just throwing a random state out there. They show up on Idaho on a Sunday and go, I'm elite. I won. And then the next race, they'll show up at like one of the national series and they're back in the age group. Um, so I was kind of thinking this would be an interesting way to kind of get people to really commit to what division and what they want to run. So really, to be blunt, we're calling people out for cherry picking. A little bit. And saying you should stay in your lane, run where you want to be identified as for all of the races. Now, I know I've had conversations with plenty of athletes. I mean, Miranda, we've talked about it before, the two of us, and race strategy. And I know before you had gotten injured, you were think you were trying to decide if you wanted to go to Tahoe or if you wanted to go to OCRWC. And the decision between Tahoe and OCRWC was more of a race strategy. Okay, what's going to play more to your strengths? Um, you do look at where is the competition going to be, but then also the prize money for a pro does play a big factor into it. I mean, at the end of the day, Spartan is going to pay out more because they just have the financial backing. So we can understand why a lot of people chose to go to Tahoe. But then we go and we look at OCRWC, and I know in the 30 to 39 age group, there were a lot of like Spartan pro team members and females who have stood on top of Spartan podiums in that 30 to 39 age group, I, I remember I was walking into the starting corral and somebody turned to me and they're like, Megan, what are you doing here? Aren't you pro? I laughed. I'm like, I can't run with the pros. I'm like, I, I can obstacle, but I can't run. I, I don't run elite at Spartan races. I've never stood on a Spartan elite podium. I've never collected a paycheck. Like, 
And then you look at the number of pro women that ran compared to the age group waves, and you see so many pros in age group and not a large age group or not a lot of women in the pro altogether. Yeah. I, for me, it wasn't even a question like age group or elite or age group or pro for OCRWC. I was 100% going. If, I, if I've collected paychecks, there's no going back for me. For, you, you're never going to get better if you just go back to get a podium just to make your ego feel good and to get some social media fame. You, sometimes you have to take fourth or fifth or sixth place just and learn from people that are better than you. And that's that to me is way more worth it than a podium you know what i mean and compete against that's what we're doing we're competing having a competition we're not trying to just always get a podium um so i would never go back to age group um but sadly i couldn't go to either of those i won't i definitely am doing one of them next year probably ocrwc awesome and we can't wait to see you out there um i i think back to rachel waters at killington this year she ran the beast on Sunday or Saturday. And then she jumped into the sprint on Sunday and there were only four elite women. And that race was crazy tight for second and third. And I, I think her and what Callie, they, they crossed almost neck and neck. Right. Yeah. Killington, I was watching that one. So it was, it was Emmy and then wasn't it Callie? And then, um, this other woman I haven't met, and then Rachel came in like right after. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at their finishing times, and they're almost they're like seconds apart. Yeah. And Rachel went and posted on her Instagram about how she would rather finish last in an elite heat than take an easy uh, easy podium win. Yeah. And right there, that was nothing but respect. Yep. Like that is how it should be for every single person in this sport. I remember talking to a Spartan pro team member in the starting corral saying like, what are you doing in age group? And she said, the obstacles aren't my specialty. Well, I don't care. Like you're a pro, you're collecting money, you're fast. And like, you can obstacle, you're just deciding you would rather be here than in the pro wave because you know, you're probably not going to match up with what Lindsay You look at somebody like Kelly Sullivan, she spent an hour at Ricochet on the 15K fighting her ass off to get it. She's not finishing off that race saying, oh, I should have ran age group. She said, I fought like hell and yeah, I spent an hour there and I was nowhere near the top pros, but damn it, I'm proud of it. Yeah. Kelly's awesome. I love Kelly. (laughs) I mean, it's a, I feel like it's, it's a tough, like, you know, when you first start, you should start an age group. And then, but if you're constantly winning by a lot and you feel confident and you want to try elite, I'm all for people trying it. But if you don't feel ready, then yes, back down to age group, but don't, you know who you are if you're going back and forth, back and forth just to get a podium. And that is the issue, I think, with this whole, you know, that's why we're having this discussion. And I, and I guess I wonder why are they doing it? That's, that's really what I would like to know, like there, there has to be a, r- a good reason for them. So I wonder what's going on in their head, you know? Oh, no, I was gonna say, I, I think a portion of it too, it could be that with OCR, I mean, obviously it's not like triathlon. So we don't have like one governing body controlling the entire sport yet. So you've got Spartan, you've got Savage, you've got 
uh, what, um, bone fog and all, they all have their own requirements. They all have their own rules. They all change. So like everybody's talking about, you know, the Spartan has their national series. So some of your main big runners are all going to go to the national series. Other people aren't going to go to those. They go to these smaller podunk races, just to podium poach because they know the big guys aren't going to be there and run the elite there. So that's the main issue is that we don't have a governing well, a governing body to say, hey, here's the rules that qualify to make a qualifying race and whatever may be like triathlon does. So they just jump back and forth because they think it's the same concept when it's not. It's one of those things that like I don't think we'll have a set qualification until we actually do have a united front. It's one of the things I've brought up for most things. We, we don't have a solid body that backs every sport, mainly because Spartan Race doesn't like to play nice with other companies. Um, but they're all just kind of, right now we're kind of very close with whatever OCR World Champs runs with, but that's specifically for their race. It's, uh, yeah, until we have like an actual foundation league, whatever we want to call it, but like someone who actually sets up the terms for obstacle course racing, we won't probably see any controlled division making here between people jumping into age group and jumping up into elite pro competitive waves and then back down. USA OCR is trying. I mean, Russ is working his ass off to try and get some kind of standards and unify the companies. He's trying to get, you know, one standard insurance fee for all of the, um, all of the different brands to buy in. So there's no, none of these hidden fees and we can get, some kind of standards across the board. He wants to have, you know, a true national championship, not just a Spartan or a Noram, but USA OCR. We want to find the best age group racers, the best pro racers in the nation. And USA OCR has been fighting tooth or nail for years to get it. And I mean... It, if anybody ever wants to find out more about USA OCR, obviously follow them, but shoot Russ a message. Um, sorry, Russ, I'm probably going to get you bombarded with people messaging you now, but he he will talk your ear off on everything he wants to do with USA OCR to really figure out, you know, the whole Olympic stuff and pro versus amateur age group, whatever else. No, so that's what I mean, like. So that's what I'm hoping for as well. But then it's going to come back to the same thing. Everybody's going to try and play whose pocket's bigger, or I'm more interested in carrying around a kettlebell for followers instead of investing into the racers and the actual brand and sport itself. So I mean, like, we just had to find some way to get a qualifying race because like, at triathlon, their qualifying race is a a uh, prize purse of 20,000 plus. So if they're at a qualifying race and they, you know, if someone races and gets with an 8% time frame of the person who won it, they technically off of that criteria can qualify and register for a pro card. But there's so many little tweaks and things in there that as of right now, our sport, we, we can't do it. Yeah. I mean, for us in our sport, like, 20, well, obviously, we can't do a $20,000 purse. That's, that's, what is that? That's a chunk of, like, the winnings for our top people this year. 
it would have to be like in my mind when i hear that like a qualification that would make the most sense because now especially not every podium pays but this is also where i could shoot myself in the foot with this one my kind of qualification would be if you wanted to run elite pro competitive not the age group and you stood on said podium you would probably at that point have to except that for the rest of your season, you would be sitting on, you would be stuck in the pro waves, which I said would shoot myself in the foot because I technically finished first in a pro wave this year, granted against a field of not many people at all. But yeah, that's kind of like where I would end up seeing it. Maybe you have to do it three times. I don't know. Um, that would probably make the most sense, but not just standing once. Cause sometimes you might just get lucky. Um, but that's kind of where I would have to, see some sort of development for that but what if we treated it like the races that don't pay out those can be qualifying races to get into a pro heat but in order to earn your pro card you earn it with your paycheck i I don't know how many times that would be you you would have very little limited chances because what not every i don't know i don't follow spartan close enough anymore but i only go to them because i know they used to pay for elite podiums so I don't know if every does he, do do they even pay every elite podium or is it just for series? No, they pay every elite. Like so, tomorrow it's five hundred and then two hundred per second and then a hundred per first and then that's men and and females both days. So oh, okay. if you can win both days, it's worth the drive all the way here. <laughs> <laughs> but I so I was actually talking to a Spartan Pro yesterday and. We, we were digging in about this whole what pro means, um, just coincidence. And um, one thing he pointed out, and like, I don't, I guess I don't re- think about it this way because I've never earned any kind of money, but people see a pro racer and what they're earning and they see that paycheck and say, oh, it's a quick paycheck. But realistically, if you're standing on top of that podium, that is months worth of work yeah, for sure you are taking time away from your family from your work everything else to train for that this is your job and getting that paycheck is covering the time from podium to podium and yeah there are racers that will go and race every single weekend but then if you have the bigger pro athletes i mean Ryan and Lindsay just traveled up to Blue Mountain last weekend. They didn't race the full trifecta. They didn't need to. The cost or the price tag on the podium for the super and the sprint was so much less than the Canadian National Series. So they went. They wanted the Canadian National Series. Okay, that's going to tie them over for a little bit. Yeah, pretty smart of them. <laughs> as tired as they probably were. Yeah, know. exactly. But it, it's not an easy paycheck. So seeing people come in and podium poach, it's them just kind of, it, it's really a slap in the face to other pros saying, oh, well, you know, I just want the money. I don't want the competition. How frequent do we think like, uh, also, if people don't know what the term podium poaching means, it's just you hunt, you go hunting for the easy podiums. Cherry picking your races is what I just call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would how often do we think that the podium poaching actually happens? Like, do we see it frequently or is this more of like kind of happens in the background type thing? Every day, every day on social media, I'm seeing it. I mean, it's 
People probably think I'm doing it right now. Well, no, you're injured. You're recovering off an injury, so oh, yours is a little bit different. <laughs> Not an easy win. Like, if I was, like, you know, if I considered myself a pro, like Lindsay or Nicole or something like that, and I came to Virginia, then it would be an easy win where this is not, it's not going to, I have to make no mistakes. And, and I have a couple of girls that are going to be there that are really, really good. So it's not an easy win, but um, I see, I feel like it happens a lot. I see it quite a bit. See, what you're doing is trying to um, boost your status. If in the event that Spartan does bring back a pro team or, you know, any of these other places start building pro teams or the sponsors, they are going to go after the racers that they see consistently hitting podiums. With you being so fresh in the sport, you need to continue to create a name for yourself. And the only way to do that is to get out and race. I mean, there's very few people that can come into the sport and just immediately light up like Becca Hammond did. It's very rare. I mean, you've been crushing races all year. And people still don't really know who you are, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, though. I like being the underdog. <laughs> Saying it all year, you're the black horse. And, <laughs> I mean, you are one to be feared, but people just didn't realize it. And now seeing you come in and consistently hitting the podium, sponsors are going to take notice. Spartan's going to take notice. Anybody else who has a pro team will continue to take notice. And that is how you're going to get that pro status. Oh, no, I said sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, uh, so mentioning of the pro teams, we have many, we have many race companies now, except for Spartan, which is kind of funny. Uh, we have many, many team, uh, race companies now have their pro teams developed or are farming them or creating them as they go. Where does that put them in terms of just like, does that make someone an exact pro just because they're on a pro team? No. Because then it goes back to what uh, Megan just said, that the more you're on a podium, the more sponsors look at you, the more these pro teams look at you. And I think that's what a lot of these people do is they go and podium poach, you know, it, the more they're on a podium, even if it's an age group, these sponsors, these other teams are like, oh, they're always podium, or they're always on the podium continually. That's because they're picking and choosing their races. They're not going up against the best. They're just always finding races they can go and win. So you get these people who are, you know, top five, six, ten in their age group for Spartan. Okay, but did you really race anybody, or are you just going to these races in, like, Indiana and – Kentucky and all these nobody cares races just to get on a podium just to make yourself look better. Sick burn on your own state. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's only one race in Kentucky, so what are you saying? <laughs> exactly that nobody knows about Kentucky. So there's a bunch of races nobody knows about or cares about, but they know that, so they go and they get there because they're gonna podium. Then you look at like when Spartan had what, like uh, over a hundred athletes on the U.S. pro team, and majority of them didn't even race the national series. Like I get it if you're, you know, the ultra runners or if you're the stadion runners, but if you're on the Spartan pro team, your goal should be to go out and race the other pros. All the other pros are, or you would hope the other pros would go and want to run the national series. I mean, Miranda, even you made it to 
some of the national series races and you were trying your hand in it for the three races until you ended up in- injured. Yeah, I got two. I couldn't oh. get the other. I know. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and that's really what it boils down to. If you really, I mean, you can cherry pick podiums and make your ego feel good and feel good about yourself and please if you have these sponsors that need a podium or whatever but just do a national series event and that's where you stack up that's where the cards are drawn it's plain and simple you know if you're if you're calling yourself a pro and you're coming 20th or 22nd in a national series or whatever it ends up being you're probably you know you know what i mean i mean it just Mm -hmm. i feel like that's there are three races and you have three tries and that's the that's the numbers you know (laughs) although if they have like 500 pro team members and you're placing 20th amongst all pro team members i can understand that spartan just has way too many pros i don't even know how i don't even really know how it works but i'm just saying is 20 bad is 20 i don't i'm not sure but Let's say there's one through 50. If you're getting 50th, then you're probably not a pro. I mean, now with Spartan, at least in the women's field, if you're placing 20th in elite, you probably shouldn't have been there at all because they're barely getting any females in general. I'm not sure if there's actually a lot of girls even going to this weekend. I looked on the the roster and I saw like six tomorrow. That's so crazy. Virginia Supers kind of become the one of the forgotten races. To be honest, it's it's once it left once it left Wintergreen, no one really paid attention anymore. So I'm legitimately giving thought to going out to the Carolina Beast and Ultra and I, trying to run the Carolina Ultra. And I think that would be the only time I would voluntarily step into a Spartan Elite Heat, and not because. I think I belong in an elite heat, but I don't want to go out and podium poach an age group ultra finish. You know, we don't know if there's really going to be very many females in the elite heat, but we're seeing even out in like Telluride. If you showed up in an age group in Telluride, you stood on a podium and that shouldn't be the case. So if I'm going to go out and run an ultra, I'm at least going to step into an elite heat because I don't want to just have an easy shot and not give it my all. I want to race and I want to fight it out. That's that's fair. I was also just about to be ready to be like, I don't know. Sounds to me like you're trying to poach a really easy elite podium there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I, def- I definitely get what you're saying, though, because, yeah, we had Telluride. We had you, people got on podiums out there. But honestly... Telluride's a little bit of a different scenario because all the ultra world champs was in the middle of nowhere for Colorado, terrible scheduling on timing. And let's be honest, they would have pulled more people if they put it in Killington. OCR is an East coast sport. It is. Um, it would, they, it would have done better if they left it at Killington. I mean, we we're seeing people standing on ultra age group podiums, even if they're finishing like dead last in all of the age groups, you're seeing, age group podiums completely empty like I don't want to go and flash my age group medal if I'm coming in second of two people in my age group congratulations I'm happy you tried to run in age group and it's not your fault that nobody else signed up but for me I don't want to have that potential podium poaching I want to at least then step into a more competitive field and really test my abilities. 
I mean, that's that's the conversation we had when I went to go run Bonefrog. I was like, I just want to go run an obstacle race. And I remember telling you, like, I don't think anyone's going to be there. People got to think I'm just trying to steal a podium. And you're like, you're not in control of who signed up for that race. And the only takeaway is, yeah, I ran against six other people. Three, the top three guys were the only people who finished with their bands, but they were five, eight minutes behind me. And then the only takeaway I took from that was I raced against Brittany Palmer, who's a hell of a female racer. And I was like, I mean, I get, even though a guy shouldn't compare himself to a girl, but Brittany Palmer's a pro racer. She was Who's considered Brittany Palmer. Pro- Tiffany? Tiffany Palmer? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Brittany's good too. (laughs) Sounds like a real racer though, doesn't it? (laughs) Either way. Um, Yeah, I I was like, oh, I finished at least in front of her. Like I got to stride and run against her, who is a really good racer. Um, And that was my only takeaway from it. And and it was because I was like, yeah, it kind of felt like a cherry pick podium because a lot of people in Bonefrog will usually race tier one and whatever their mid-tier was i can't remember what it's called but um yeah that's kind of like the takeaway from running kind of the lesser races you're seeing less people in a wave i you should still strive to be in the most competitive wave you can be now i get it if you don't have an elite qualification code you can't jump into elite but for me and for you you can get your elite qualification code Corey, if you ever decided you wanted to run a Spartan, you would be able to get a qualification code in two seconds. Run a stadium. Um, <laughs> as he rolls his eyes. You can run a stadium, get it real fast. Um, I'll run. If someone, if someone wants to pay for me to do a Spartan race, I'll do it wearing a vest and still podium. So that's <laughs> that's if it's not a national, if it's not a national series race, that's what everyone that's what everybody is comparing it to. If it's not a national series race, there's Spartan and most of their stuff, you can go to a podium, but sub subgrade, you know, athletics. I will pay for you to come to Fenway. I will pay for your registration, and I want to see you podium in thirty to thirty-four at a stadium race in a weight vest. I will all, right. all at Fenway. Paid. Good luck. Let, let's do it <laughs> at of- Fenway. We can make this happen. We can make this happen now. Everyone's like, "Yep, everybody's pitching in. Go make a GoFundMe. GoFundMe." Oh no, I not even. I will buy your plane ticket right now. I have race codes. <laughs> I w- I'm calling your bluff. I'm going to Fenway. You are right, Megan. Um, TBD. I'm still trying to decide. I love Fenway. I want to race Fenway. I'm not registered yet for Fenway. Um, it's sold out on Saturday. I also just kind of want to run away. So I might just go down to Charleston and hang out in South Carolina for a little bit. Go run uh, the Carolina Ultra. We'll see. I was talking, I might go out to World's Toughest Mudder in Pitt. I don't know. Yeah, good. But I do really want to run Fenway. I just hate that it's like the worst weekend in all of OCR. So then come on, but well, I guess we can backtrack. So... I know, Charles, you just mentioned about, like, you know, if you podium once, maybe three times, you know, that kind of qualifies you. But does it come into, like, a prize purse uh, scenario as well? Like, is it just outright any any race that you race in the pro elite qualifies you? Or do you, have to, do you think it would be you have to make a certain amount from those races to actually qualify? In my mind, it would be 
Yeah, if we're doing it by like a certain amount of wins. It doesn't have to be prize purse, but if you get three elite pro finishes, congrats. That's where you, that's your field you're in now. Um even if you did cherry pick it and that was your choice. You would be stuck in the pro wave. You would be stuck standing behind Ryan Atkins and VJ or Lindsay and Nicole or any of the other people. You are now in that field because that's the field you wanted to run. You wanted to stand on that podium. And if you want to be an elite runner, but you only want to cherry pick, you should really pick what you should really decide what you actually want to be in the sport. And this is where I think you, you need to take into account the races in, in and of itself. And like, this is where I would say, you know, if they are offering some kind of prize money, I mean, you see fit and you have such great athletes coming out to fit and they're not collecting any money off of it, but they are established pro athletes. But then you see something like, I mean, we love Phoenix race. They have a pro team. I don't know. Do they pay out? They're, they're not getting a huge elite field. So if somebody comes in and wins every single Phoenix race, are they then a pro and should continue to stay in pro? Yes. Flat answer. That's where I put it at. <laughs> I don't, I'm not blurring the lines here. That's where the, I have the hard stance of like, if you want to be pro, but you want to cherry pick your races, I think there should be a system involved where you're now stuck in the decisions you made. Um, it's not that, uh, not that I have anything against anybody who wants to pick races that way, but that's the way it needs to be. We need to have at least some sort of guidelines for the way people are going to race in the sport. So I, I technically won Boulder Dash's Winter Dash back in March. I, I was one of. That's your one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was the only female finisher of like two. Do, would that count towards it? Your what? <laughs> I have I same thing. I have a bone frog elite sprint finish. It's my one. <laughs> there was only one girl in the ultra in Killington. No, there was more than that. In the ultra? Yeah, because Chicharito was in there and Kelly Sullivan was. Did they DNF? Oh Kelly didn't no. go. Yeah, Kelly finished third. I I thought why do why do I remember seeing um I don't remember seeing Charlotte. Maybe it was Maybe it was Mountain Creek. Maybe it was Mountain Creek. Ma yeah. Yeah. It was uh, New Jersey Mountain Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and there was only one person. Maybe that's what the one. I know Charlotte took one of them. Person, should they even, I mean, that's not fair to Charlotte because she traveled and she wants to race. And how does she know how many people are going? But then also it's like handing $500. That, that, Michael and I were discussing that, like, how, how, like, should there be a rule? I mean, that would make it really tough on people wanting to sign up for races. Now we don't know how many women. Right, exactly. And in that case, why do we have, you know, two competitive categories for ultras when we can't even fill full podiums of any of them? Why don't we just do kind of like Savage does and everybody starts in the elite heat or whatever and then you get your age group finishers out of that yeah i i mean that probably would solve everything because i would much rather go against more than hopefully six girls tomorrow and in general you know and also there's plenty of age groupers that are really good and sometimes they have better times than the top three females i mean sometimes not all the time 
time. But like, so I think that would be really actually pretty cool. I remember towing the start line with Becca Hammond at Greek Peak and her turning to me asking, you know, when are we supposed to burpee the works? And I crossed the finish line. I looked at my results. I was like, I came in fourth. I looked at all of the finishing times. I'm like, I don't know who this Becca Hammond is, but either she just blatantly cheated or she is really good. And from there, she saw her finishing times and said, I had no idea that I that there was awards. I just went out to race and compete. And she stepped into elite after that and never looked back. Becca's awesome. Yeah. But a lot of times that's what it needs, what we need to do for people to get the confidence to step into an elite heat. I mean, I definitely am not pro. I don't ever expect to stand on a savage pro podium, but I can compete. I wouldn't voluntarily step into that wave unless they made me in order to run age group. I think that's a really, I mean, it might be the, it might just fix the whole thing is just doing it like savage. Have the men run first and then have the women go behind and just combining it all. And then, like you said, from the top three, then it just category, it just goes by age groups, you know? And they, they do kind of sub section there. So they have everybody kind of go out, but they know like the ones who are going for the overall they push them up to the front anyways. They they have criteria now. We have to like submit a, a survey saying, here's my fastest fake 5K time. I've overalled in this, top 10 in this, top 20 in this one. And they say, okay, yes, we think you have a chance of going for the overall. You're going to be at the 8 o'clock race or the 8 o'clock start time. And they let them off. And then everybody else behind them, they all are qualifying for the age group. So they'll just kind of takes away all the guests in the whole thing though so i think that would definitely be a smart idea that was a covid restriction though they started that because of covid so it'll be interesting to see if they continue that on next year um i think it definitely helped at least for the um what when it comes to the females coming behind but i mean for us females it didn't matter there was only one heat yeah and with savage that rig is like (laughs) (laughs) we could talk all day yeah, and so the 5K time tra- trial didn't matter because so many of the women in the back were podiuming because, you know, sometimes the women that were faster couldn't get through the rig. Well, well, when they had to extend that time cutoff in Ohio uh, for Chrissy because they couldn't fill the pro podium without her, that should have been proof that there's something wrong. Where do we also stand on just they could have just left that spot on the podium blank? Yeah, I'm all I, I'm all for just if we can't fill a podium, we can't fill a podium photo like we don't. That's the one thing I've always said. We've had problems with Savage Races. Savage Race fills the age group podium with people who didn't finish with their band because they want to have a full podium. And not even that, but people that drop their band quick and just run through and don't try for the rest of it, as opposed to like an Indian mud run where you're. You know, you're ranked based on how many obstacles you fail. Again, we still stand strong on Indian Mud Run has the best obstacle completion system. 100%. Hopefully it can, everyone else can pick up on that. This is why we need that US, USA or USOCR, where it is to like try to figure out something to become the one governing body and saying, these are the rules, these are the guidelines. The problem with the USA governing bot, like the USA, the US OCR thing is we've had these come and go in the past. 
Um, and they don't feel like they're an actual real entity to me. When I see that, I'm like, well, this is a weird Instagram profile. Like, I don't, I don't see any like official status behind it. I don't hear them going to a race or trying to push anything. They're just kind of out there. It's kind what? of a thing on Instagram. USA OCR and other associations trying to help regulate the sport. Oh, okay. USOCR, at one point, they were linked to the Olympic uh, Committee, correct? Yeah. And I think they're still working with it or working to get to it. I know I, at one point, was on the Athlete Council, but then there was supposed to be a big rollout right around the time COVID hit and that crumbled. But in my opinion, if we are going to get a governing body to come up and start really doing anything we need to have them go after the locals and really start putting together like a series with the locals kind of like i mean ohio has their grand slam or they did at least and you know rob and Jarrett and hubie they were all wanting to do the bucket list series you know if we can get the locals kind of working together i know they do that in like the chicagoland area they all support one another. If they, we can say, hey, buy into USA OCR and you will get a discount to all of these races. And USA OCR is overseeing it. They're providing the insurance behind it. Um, they're, you know, regulations. You can qualify for USA OCR nationals here. I think that would be the way to go. And then slowly work into the larger brands. You're not going to get Spartan and Savage to sign on right away. But if you can get all of the locals slowly coming together, eventually Savage and Spartan and Bonefrog, they're going to say, oh, well, we we're losing all of our customers to the locals and to USA OCR. We need to play nice or we don't know that we can survive. Yeah. I think the closest we're going to come right now is kind of actually what we're seeing with actually the course builders. Um, Cause the closest thing we have right now are, I mean, we have OCR adventure with OCR world champs and North American champs. They kind of work with local races. Da, 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 da. They used to actually have their obstacles there. Now they have their own thing. But what, we're, what I'm getting at is we have the actual course builders now who seem to be going race company to race company because you have race ready obstacles and you have um, what's his name? What's his name from uh, battle of the line? Sid. 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 Sidney. Yep. That's why I was like, I was like, what's his full name? How um, do you not know Sid? I can't remember names. Tiffany Palmer is a state away from me. Used to use the same training area as I do the outdoor. And I thought her name was Brittany. So, <laughs> I don't have the it's best Brittany, memory. bitch. <laughs> it's going to be your comeback. I, I just want you to walk up to her one time and just be Brittany. like, it's Brittany, bitch. She's like, what? Um, but yeah, we have Aaron and Sydney who are now going like race company to race company. They're at Indian Mud Run. They are at OCR World Champs. They're at City Challenge Race. They were at, uh, not Hilder, but Highlander Assault. They're basically going around to these local races and eventually this is going to become the standard of approval. I feel like mm-hmm. like this race is good because 
Aaron and Sydney went and worked on this, or one of them worked on this and that. Like it's that's going to be the closest we're going to get right now. Hey, it's a step in the right direction. Instead of the pro card, we have the uh, race ready obstacle seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should copyright that and pitch it to them. I mean, the on the flip side of this whole thing, we have the men's division of age group where guys won't leave the age group division. They will sit there and just take podium after podium after podium every year, every season, and never jump up into the elite field. So I don't know how you could combat that because it's their freedom of choice. They don't jump up into the elite field. They ever they just sit in the age group. And then we also have the Masters debate. I mean, Spartan got rid of Masters. So you do see Spartan Pro Team members, the Kevins, in Pro Team jerseys running age group. But then, you know, you do have Masters aged females running in the elite heat and crushing the elite heat. So where should they be? I don't know. It's tough for me to speak on the age group, on the Masters divisions. Is it is it appropriate to be on a pro team and running an age group? It was weird. If you're going, if you're putting it like that, no. If you're in a pro, sorry, suck it up. Come around with the twenty year olds. Like that's, I mean, right? There's, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the age group or the the masters races. Anyways, like, I'm more power to them. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they're racing. But given like their own category and things like that, like it. I don't know. So that that means that the pro team isn't based on just your athletic performance. It's based on maybe the networking and if you support Spartan and maybe who they like more. Oh, we we've all known that the Spartan pro team is political in nature. You don't say. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm saying that's evident. That's like you know pretty clear. You know. <laughs> But hey, I mean, you have a lot of Spartan pros that don't have any kind of sponsors at all. I mean, you look at Josh Fiore, he's won the Ultra World Championship. He just finished third. He has zero sponsors except for technically Spartan. He said, you know, he's okay with being on the Spartan pro team because they give him a season pass and they'll give him a little bit of a stipend, help him get out to Telluride. They'll give him a little bit for gear. And what else does he need? He's got a great job. So like in that case, like being on a pro team is great, but you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. And like, no, if you want to go the whole sponsor route, really make yourself that full-fledged pro. Or are you racing because you love racing and just accepting a little bit of assistance to make it a little more affordable? Yeah, when you go to the, when you take it to that extreme of the professional level and you have sponsors, it definitely makes the racing experience more stressful because if you, you feel more pressure, you know? Um, so I'm pretty happy with my, I mean, obviously I want to get better because that's, if you're a competitive athlete, that's, you always want to get better. But right now it's pretty nice because I'm not letting anyone down but myself if I don't do well. <laughs> You know, and it's fun, and I I take it seriously, but not like you know where it's gonna ruin my absolute like a a podium is awesome, but it's it's it 
it's a high for a minute. It's a high for like a few minutes for me. And then it's like, all right, on to the next thing. That's how I feel. I, I like the money though. $500 is really nice. I'd like that too. That'd be great. I wish, <laughs> I, I, wish I could run on the weekend to get that. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could run period. So I could even attempt for that. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying. Got to start podium poaching the ultras, apparently. <laughs> I wish I had that option. <laughs> I don't know. For some of them, even just, you know, they don't even have 10 men in the elite ultras at this point. So it, it could happen. You're, you're getting fast in the ultra. I don't think I'm ever going to stand on a maybe age group, but probably not until I'm like 35. Let's get out of this 30 to 34 speedy, speedy age group first. Yeah, this age group is terrible. <laughs> what do you guys think of like having? I guess that I guess we fix it if we combine age group with elite. But hold on, <laughs> Michael's locked out of the room. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think if they keep it that way of doing elite and age group? Of is should there be? Does there have to be six to have a payout? Does there have to be ten to be a payout? Because I before, before I started racing, wasn't there there had to be ten women to have a payout, right? I think so. Wow, I have I don't that was so long ago, I totally forgot about that. I think that that was true because my first couple races there was like nine girls and they, all the pros were like freaking out. And uh, Yeah, and they were like begging age groupers to jump up. Mm-hmm. Get age groupers to jump. I don't know, you know, but then it would suck for someone who travels all that way and then they can't have a, you know, that's tricky. They barely were able to fill the Killington Ultra Podium. Like, that's pretty shitty to tell those three women, oh, sorry, we can't have a podium or a payout, even though you just busted your ass on the hardest ultra in all of Spartan. Well, and all the months of training leading up to it, too. You know, yeah, it's a fine line. I think just combine them all, like you said, age group and elite. And you'll inspire a lot of age groupers to realize maybe they should, you know, be in elite. And, you know, maybe it would help with better enforcement of rules then, too. They're not going to be pulling those cameras as quickly. Mm -hmm. this, is a video, this is a video podcast and I'm shaking my head now. <laughs> Spartan pulls those cameras the minute they see the top people go by, I feel like. Hey, in Killington, I did not let them. I was upset when they told me to leave the rig before we had three female ultra come through on a second lap. Oh, so they, they don't count, they don't take age groups burpees and stuff? They don't, they don't factor all that in? Uh, they don't take it seriously. It's like literally just the first couple of people. I think at um when I ran Nats Park Stadium sprint a little bit ago, I don't even think I was in field of view for camera because the pit was so full. But also, I don't think they even care. Like <laughs> I definitely did not count a single burpee at Killington from the multi rig. Oh, well they they had already done the podium for the beast by the time that we had gotten there with the cameras. But we knew that, like, the, for the elites, the top elites didn't burpee in the Beast. Um, they didn't in the Ultra. They didn't really care about age group. What about making more penalty loops to save volunteers 
so that people are running penalty loops instead of burpees. I would be completely for it as long as the penalty takes longer than the obstacle. Yeah. No, 100%. I'm all for penalty loops. Or he's like, I don't know, I run mandatory obstacle completion. Uh, yeah, you guys got me here. Um, I'm, I'm lost when it comes to anything Spartan. So Don't worry, you won't be once you get to Fenway with your weight vest. <laughs> That's fine. Aaron, Aaron uh, Raceway will like that because their weight vest will be used. <laughs> they got the seal of approval. Raceway, the obstacle seal of approval. Coming to you soon. All right, anything else we, we uh, can think of? I mean, we didn't bitch about the team race at OCRWC, but... I could, but then it just seemed like I'm bitching about my own. I was say, didn't we do that too, but when we did the, kind of like the recap, we talked about it? Yep. Yep. That's just me being salty that the top, like, two to three teams in the in the open co-ed division were, had pros on them, which means if they stuck to their fucking division, I would have gotten a podium. I would have gotten another team podium again. But then also, like, what, the second place female team? They they were all technically age group racers, but they were all pro team members. Wait, so you guys that the team event that had payout, some of those people, they raced age group throughout the weekend, and then all of a sudden they went to elite? Well, pro? I thought, I thought OCR Worlds didn't, didn't allow that. Team doesn't it doesn't matter. Huh. Yeah, it's it's the one rule I have a pretty big issue with that they will allow you to intermix because it's the problem I have with what happened this past time in the open open team division was in the co-ed division you had pros, actual pros, money winning pros in the open division, and it was because one of their teammates doesn't run elite or is not like pro caliber runner. But that's your choice to have that person on your team. If two of y'all are pro caliber runners, but you want to run with someone who isn't, it sucks. But that person is now going to have to try and keep up with that with y'all. You can't take your you can't take your Ferrari engines and run against Hondas. All right. Sorry to everyone else in the open division, but let's be honest. You can't have pro runners jumping down to run against people who are a little slower. I like that reference. Oh, good. It's okay. I uh, wonder, have you guys ever asked um, like someone that you know, an athlete that does bounce back and forth and ask them why? Like ask them to explain why, why I'm, that might be a good question. Because maybe we're not even aware of them. It's for, you know, like a quick cherry pick, but maybe it's actually something more involved. I don't know. I've talked to, and I'll use Kelly Sullivan as an example, uh, because we know she just came back from injury within the last year or so. And while she was recovering, she used the age group division to test her abilities without stepping into the elite wave. And for that, I understand it. I mean, she wasn't standing on top of the podium. She knew that she couldn't do all of the obstacles, so she wasn't going to step into elite. She did her burpees for all of the obstacles she couldn't hit. And as soon as she felt like her shoulder was good to go and she could obstacle again, she went back up into the elite wave. But then, like, talking to somebody in the women 30 to 39 3K, and it was Spartan Pro, and she said, well, I'm not good at obstacles. Like, I, you're... if." You, 
you're going to claim this isn't my specialty, so I'm not going to run it, then why are you running it at all? If you want to specialize, that's fine. But stay within your specialty. Don't jump into another race just because you don't think you can do as well. That was what mine was going to be, is that they... Like at Worlds too, a, a someone who specializes in endurance racing was in the age group three k, but he's a phenomenal, you know, endurance racer. And I asked him, he's like, "I'm just doing this for fun." He's like, "I'm either gonna, I'm probably gonna podium, but this is, you know, twenty three hours less than what I usually compete in, anyways." So he's like, "I'm just doing this just for fun," but he ended up going and podium or getting a podium. So it's like, well, okay, like you did this just for fun because it's not your distance or whatever it may be. But the 15K, he went and ran pro and did well in pro. So I think it's just they, it's the same thing. They just pick and choose their specialty and they're not, they don't really care if they step down, anyways. So wait, the 3K or the running pro isn't fun, but running age group is fun. If you're, you can have fun in either wave. So if you're a, I race elite. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm not gonna do well at a stadium race, but I'm still gonna jump into age group and say whatever. I'm gonna go out and have fun and test my ability. I've ran elite at City Field before because age group was completely sold out. I'm like, I'm not gonna do well at all. I just want to go out and have fun. Like you can have fun no matter what the distance is. I don't care if it's not your specialty or not. If you don't think you're going to do well in age group, but you are a pro racer, go ahead, step into pro and, you know, you don't think you're going to win either way. So why does it matter? I would much rather be classified as a pro in a pro wave if I were a pro than to say I'm a pro, but I'm stepping down into age group. Also, a podium means a lot more when you're going against like a full like a good other really good athletes and if you just get an easy podium and you look at who's there it's just like eh. but if you're going against and you're competing against other athletes that you you know that you look up to or that maybe are you consider a little bit better or just whatever it's means a whole it's so much more you feel so much more accomplished you know what i mean but if you just getting a quick podium just you know, going down to age group just to win, you're also affecting those athletes that maybe were really looking forward to that age group podium. I don't know. To me, it sounds like we're trying to say if you're um, watering down the competition, then the title isn't really worth it. So in that case, we know what's happening with Abu Dhabi. And they're taking away qualifications for age groupers. They're not sending a lot of the female pros. And it's like, at, at least I look at it as Abu Dhabi's paying a good amount of money to bring Spartan over. And now you're telling females who deserve to be there that you're not going to help them get there. And you're sending females that maybe didn't qualify with as great of times. So is the entire championship going to be looked at as less than what it was should it have been in Tahoe? Flat answer, yes. I've been saying that since they announced that for Abu Dhabi. I'm like, not everyone can go out there and run that championship. So They just made it so much harder for people. Yeah. 
this that that choice would make sense if we had what we defined at the beginning a whole field of actual pro athletes which are people who make a lot of money off this but our sport isn't there yet if this was triathlons golf any of the other sports where you can go around weekend to weekend to weekend and make buku amounts of money off your sponsors yeah it would make sense to host this in abu dhabi but on the flip side is of this the one to also defend spartan race at the same time if they didn't take that abu dhabi contract tough mudder would be gone so we would be one race company less and spartan would probably be gone as well like if abu dhabi doesn't happen for some odd reason the entire ocr holdings because that is their new llc that that is going to go under ocr is that that's what it's called ocr holdings yeah, take a look at the bottom of the emails you get from Spartan and Tough Mudder. It says OCR Holdings LLC with their Summer Street in Boston location. Yeah, they re- they rebranded that LLC. I might be one of the only people who actually looked that far. I put my cool information and in, and in statty stuff in with the triathlon pro card earlier. I'm good. You're so focused on like. Staying on track with what you want to say. I think we could pretty much end up talking circles around this because in the end, we don't really have a governing body to have this fall on. Again, this is all speculation. This is discuss- open discussion about this. But that pretty much everything we've covered, pretty much most of like the definition of pro and the age card and all that. So to wrap this all up, Corey, where can they find you? Well, thankfully, you can only find me on the gram at ironman.ocr, the only thing that seems to matter nowadays. As usual, since there's people who's going to have longer sign-offs than me, I'm going to go ahead and put mine on there. You can find me at sabretooth underscore OCR on Instagram. That is S-A-B-R-E-T-O-O-T-H underscore OCR. Uh, Miranda, thank you for ha- being with us this, uh, this episode. It was great to have someone else on, especially someone of your caliber. Good luck this weekend racing. Crush it. Yes, thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure hanging out. And what is your Instagram? Oh, uh, Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A, O-C-R, surf. And do you have any other plugs you'd like to get in there? I don't even, no? <laughs> even know what to plug. <laughs> Discount code? I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> and last but not least, Megan. My name is Maggie B A T C on Instagram. I am the OCR trainer on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I also have my own website where I do my online coaching. So if you are getting ready to head into your off season, looking to get stronger for 2022, hit me up and let's talk about your off season plans and let's get you training. Otherwise, we are middle of the pack podcast. We are at middle of the pack pod on Instagram. We also have a link to our link tree right there on our Instagram. So you can find all of the places to listen to these episodes, but clearly you've already done that. We are also middle of the pack pod on Facebook. Make sure to head over to your iTunes. Give us a rating, a like, five stars, whatever you can actually do on there because I don't check it anymore (laughs) and until next week we are middle of the pack podcast we'll see you guys later